Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And today we have quite a graphic and gory case for you. Ooh, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I figured this is like a good way to put the trigger warning right up front that this is pretty fucked up and gory. (laughs) That's probably the best way to throw the trigger warning out there. (laughs) So like, (laughs) trigger warning, trigger warning trigger warning. <laughs> uh, More trigger. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, very graphic episode. Very gory. I did try to, like, not go into a lot of detail while still going into a lot of detail, if that makes sense. Probably not. I think so. I think it makes sense. I get what you uh, mean. There were definitely a lot more details I could have included that I did not, so. Yes. It's a little lighter. Yeah. <laughs> A little. I was like, let's do a great November Thanksgiving uh, episode. Yes. Love and it. Uh, I found this one. And it was <laughs> not quite what I was going to go for. But it's an interesting story to tell. It's definitely interesting. And a uh, little fun fact. Afterwards, I did realize that I probably have heard this before because the podcast Morbid has covered it. I didn't go back and listen to their episode, so I probably heard it whenever it came out months, a year ago, whatever. (laughs) Um, But I, like, although I knew some of the details or could remember some of them, I didn't remember all of them. So (laughs) I'm sure I'll give it a listen afterwards again, but yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. That's all I got before we dive in. Anything on your end, Sid? <laughs> no, nothing today. I think it's all you. All right. In 2016, a holiday that is all about being thankful and grateful turned quite horrific for one Tennessee family. The bloody scene at the Guy family home left veteran police officers sick to their stomachs and claiming that this was the most horrific scene that they've ever saw. Today, we will tell you about the grisly murders of Joel and Lisa Guy. I have some lighthearted facts and background information to get into. Uh, First, Joel Guy Sr. was born February 10th, 1955. He was an Aquarius. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Close birthday to you, Sid. (laughs) Two days off. Lisa Guy was born August 8th, 1961. She was a Leo. They both worked as engineers. They lived pretty comfortable lives and lived in a nice home in Knoxville, Tennessee at the time in 2016. They had been married for 31 years, actually, which is a long time. (laughs) They had one son together, Joel Guy Jr., who was born in 1988. He graduated high school in 2006 and then went to George Washington University for one semester. Side note, one report says his birthday was March 13th. I couldn't verify with other sources, but if that is the case, would make him a Pisces. (laughs) Uh, I'm laughing because I'm a Pisces. (laughs) 
so uh, he can join the club. <laughs> hey. Uh, however, he did not last long at George Washington University. He, like I said, only was there for one semester and then transferred to Louisiana State University. He actually wouldn't finish school on and off for the next, like, nine, ten years. He was going to school uh, to be a plastic surgeon and living full-time in Baton Rouge. He actually never worked either. He was completely supported by his parents. According to friends of Lisa and Joel Sr., Lisa worked tirelessly only to give most of her paycheck to her son as his own allowance and to support him financially. Joel Jr. wasn't particularly close with anyone. Like, they couldn't find any, like, specific group of friends or anyone even in the family. He did have three half-sisters from Joel Sr.'s previous marriage, uh, but none of them were particularly close to Joel Jr., They all lived close to Joel and Lisa in Knoxville, Tennessee, and were pretty local to that area. Lisa and Joel Sr. were actually planning on retiring to a smaller Tennessee town about 90 miles away. And they were finally, like, looking forward to enjoying, like, a slower-paced lifestyle. Joel Sr. had actually recently retired, and Lisa was in the process of doing so. On Thursday, November 24th, 2016, the guys actually hosted all four of their children to the Knoxville home that they shared for Thanksgiving dinner. The couple had recently actually put their home up for sale, and they wanted to spend one last Thanksgiving here with their family before their home was, like, officially sold. And this included their six grandchildren they had as well. However, come Monday, November 28th, 2016, police would stop by the Guy family home to perform a welfare check after there were concerns of Lisa not showing up to work, and her boss called the police after not being able to get a hold of her. This, like, might seem odd to some of us. (laughs) I, like, I work remote, so I can't imagine my boss contacting police. Um, so also different times though, (laughs) but if it is like out of character to show up, like not show up at work, that is like obviously very alarming. And it was extremely rare of Lisa to not just show up, have no communication, not be able to get a hold of her. And her boss was pretty worried, especially because (laughs) according to some sources, that Monday was actually Lisa's retirement party at work. And so if she didn't show up to her own retirement party, like, that was cause for concern. At first, when the officers arrived to the home, they thought it just kind of appeared to be an empty home. So, again, (laughs) their house is up for sale. There's a real estate lockbox on the front door. So they kind of didn't think much. But they did decide to snoop around a bit because there were both Joel and Lisa's cars in the driveway. A couple things did seem a little off when they started to snoop around. First, through the front door, they could see that there were groceries on the floor inside. Said it looked like ice cream, maybe, deli meat, bacon, sausage, things like that that were perishables. So obviously someone had to be there. It was just sitting on the other side of the floor or in the foyer on the other side of the door on the floor. They also went to the back door and realized that the back doorknob 
was removed and it was put on the front door, which is like obviously strange. But <laughs> to add to that, bizarre. Yeah, bizarre. I was like, what is the point of that? Did not make sense to me. <laughs> but to add to that, there's like a hole in the back door where this doorknob was removed. <laughs> and so that's weird. But the police and the sheriffs who were out looking said that they could sense heat coming from the hole, which is also a bit alarming. And there was a very strong chemical smell that they could smell, like something really strange. And so that was like obviously pretty concerning too. <laughs> it was like a big uh, red flag, red flag. One of the officers was actually able to open one of the cars in the driveway and that was left unlocked. And so they used a garage door opener <laughs> to open the garage and enter the home that way. They just wanted to make sure everyone was safe since no one was answering. And obviously, like I said, they knew someone had to be there. <laughs> when the cops entered the home, it was quite a scene that they stumbled upon. First, there was a table that they came across with a sledgehammer. And it also had the wallets of Joel Sr. and Lisa. And then there was another table nearby with long guns on it and some ammo. The kitchen stove was on and there was a pot like boiling, simmering on top of the stove. So they decided to keep looking. No one's like responding when they're calling out. They decided to go upstairs and look down the hallway. And it was like a bloody mess as they were looking. As well as looking down the hallway, seeing a pair of severed hands on the floor. Later turning out to be Joel Sr.'s. In the bathroom upstairs, there were the dismembered body parts found in a solution in like a blue plastic tub in the bathroom. So this is like quite horrific scene to be stumbling upon. It's like they just walked into Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. Like, literally. Actually, <laughs> one of the articles said that the off- the responding officers, like, to this welfare check, had mm. a physical reaction upon oh, entering yeah. the scene. And all I could think of was, like, they were physically ill. Like, they were throwing up. Yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, like... Somebody, there was people that were doing that at, like, Jeffrey Dahmer's, too. Like, people were, like, literally throwing up or, like, were sick to their stomachs. or uh, There was something like that when I watched the tapes. They talked about something like that. So, I mean, it only makes sense, though. Well, I can only imagine, like, it's very graphic. Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, you and I can sit here and describe it any way we want. But, like, seeing it and not only seeing it, but smelling it. The smell and the chemicals and everything, like, (laughs) does not, I can't imagine. It's completely different to experience something that first, something like that firsthand compared to us just talking about it. Yeah. Or reading about it or whatever it is. Well, and they found a lot of things in that home, including lye. They found sewer line cleaner, drain opener, bleach, a bleach sprayer. And, like, a lot of other chemicals. There was a note with the name and the address of an Ace Hardware store in Louisiana 
with instructions on the sewer line cleaner, like in an open suitcase in the house. Like there was a lot of weird shit that they're finding. (laughs) There was so much toxic fluid and chemicals on site that they actually required the removal by the county hazmat team. And they required the forensics team and the unit that was coming in and out to be in hazmat suits. They worked all throughout the evening and into the next day to process the scene. Later, it had been determined Joel Sr. had been stabbed 42 times and Lisa at least 31 times. Honestly, (laughs) there was not much of an investigation really needed. And I'm going to kind of tell you why. First, as I mentioned, when they stumbled into the home, the plastic bins with both Joel Sr. and Lisa's torsos, as well as dismembered limbs found dissolving in the acid-based solution of chemicals were in the bathroom. I mentioned that pot on the stove that was boiling later was determined to have Lisa's head inside. So, extremely horrific scene they're stumbling upon. So, And they're just trying to process everything and take in as much information they're trying to figure out like do they owe any debts how was their marriage what was going on like what were their financials so immediately they contact one of the daughters michelle who lived in the city of knoxville at the time michelle was horrified obviously that her parents had been murdered and noted nothing was out of the ordinary at Thanksgiving dinner just a few days before when she had seen them. She also obviously filled in the investigators that her parents were on the verge of retiring and moving and selling their home. She had said she'd bring over photo, like she'd bring photos to the police from Thanksgiving dinner. And she had told detectives she would contact her other siblings to notify them of the parents' murder. So, at that point, police know, like, okay, nothing is out of the ordinary in this family, at least that their children know. So, they continued to look in the home to see if there were any clues. They discovered two Walmart receipts from the Saturday before the bodies were found, one around 12 p.m. and one around 3. So, the first thing they did was head to the local Walmart to pull the security footage and check it out, obviously. I love the CCTV. It's so good. I feel like it makes it so much harder nowadays to get away with crime. <laughs> Literally, because so I watch, obviously, you watch too, um, a lot of like true crime things. And I had just seen something, or maybe it was on court TV, and they said that like the average person is seen on CCTV like at least 10 times a day. Like, if you were to go missing or, like, if something was to happen, like, a horrific crime, like, usually some form of, like, CCTV, <laughs> a person is, like, ten times. Like, that's crazy to me. And it's one of those things you don't even think about because, like, they're everywhere. Like, you go and get gas. It is crazy to You me. go into a store. I... You're driving on the interstate. Like. I'm, like, trying to think about it. And I. <laughs> I don't think I leave my house enough to be seen on the TV ten, or CCTV 10 times a day. There are literally, I could go two days without leaving my house. Well, but that's true. That's true. I'm also thinking, like, I am seen 
At least like twice a day on my ring doorbell, even if I don't leave my home. That's a form of uh, like CCTV. And so that's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, well, it's just normal like cameras and stuff. But like, I a lot of my neighbors have ring doorbell cameras. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, you pop up there, like any sort of like security home system, literally everywhere. Like everywhere you go. And that's it's wild. funny too because I never think about it. The only time I ever think about it. Is when I go to the ATM. <laughs> That's the only time it ever crosses my mind. Because it's well, like right like in front Walmart of my face. Walmart checkout, you're like on the camera. <laughs> or I don't go to Walmart enough. Even like yeah, Target, Target, like I have a Target right by house <laughs> that I go to like once a week. <laughs> I feel like I order everything online nowadays, but it's true. It's very. True. I do order everything online, but sometimes I get the urge to walk around a store and spend useless money, and that's when I go to Target. So love it, love it. <laughs> It's interesting though. Very yeah. interesting. Wild. Well, that's what they did. They were like, let's go check out this security footage and around the times of these like timed receipts and figure it out. So the first one around 12 was they caught Lisa leaving the store and that's when she was buying the groceries that were found in the front uh, foyer area of the home. The second one was a shock to them, actually. <laughs> Around, like, 3, 3.30, that time-stamped receipt was actually Joel Jr., who was supposed to have left on Friday evening to head back to Baton Rouge, according to his siblings. Joel Jr. purchased hydrogen peroxide and Band-Aids, and on the video surveillance, he had visible cuts or wounds on his hands. To add to this... <laughs> Detectives also discovered a backpack in the spare room. In it was a notebook in which detailed plans in this notebook of what was intended to happen to Joel Jr. or to Joel Sr. and Lisa Guy. They knew, detectives knew, like, right away, this was Joel Jr.'s (laughs) notebook. And at first I was like, okay, that's weird. But, (laughs) reminder, it was found in a backpack that also contained medical textbooks and even a syllabus on a class (laughs) that Joel Jr. was enrolled in. So, not easily hidden here. (laughs) Quite obvious. Quite obvious. Uh, What could possibly be the motive for such a horrific and brutal and gruesome crime? Surprise, surprise. (laughs) If you guessed a life insurance policy, you guessed correctly. Uh, Joel Jr. was set to receive a $500,000 life insurance policy if both his parents went dead or missing. (laughs) He literally notated that in his notebook. (laughs) Which, we'll come back to the notebook. Don't you all worry. It's always for money. Always money. Always money. Not only this, but Joel's parents completely supported him. And by all accounts, he was officially going to be cut off so the couple could retire and enjoy the retirement that they earned at this point. His plan, detailed, very detailed, in the notebook he kept, involved him stabbing and killing his parents, then dismembering them, dissolving their remains, cleaning the home and trying to burn it down, (laughs) all while 
trying to flame his, frame his father for any wrongdoing. So that way, he would be the sole recipient of the life insurance. What could go wrong? Like, it sounds like a brilliant plan to me, right? I don't know nothing about nothing, but if you're ever going to plan something illegal, don't write it down, ever. Sydney, did you look into this case at all? Yeah, so <laughs> I did. I didn't I didn't do, like, extensive research, but I did look into it. So, like, I know that, uh, the gist of it. I know, like, a few details. Um, but the notebook. I looked at a lot of photos of the notebook, and I was like... I was going to ask. fuck <laughs> would you write this shit down? Like, Because you know, we 100% have to post pictures of this yes. notebook. I'm going to go into some details of what specifically the notebook, like, bullet points included in this notebook, but, like, wild. Y'all. A fucking notebook. <laughs> like, not trying to say, like, how to get away with murder right now, but, like... <laughs> no. Bullet points a- out in a notebook are not the way to do it. <laughs> no. No. Never. I literally have in my notes, like, what could go wrong? Well, Joel Jr., the rocket scientist he was, <laughs> that's literally what it says. Uh, even, like, even if he would have, so, like, even if it wouldn't have been that the notebook was found or whatever, like, what are you going to do with that then? Like, what urged you to write the things down? Like, I guess for your thought process, but, like, did you really not think that anybody was going to come across this notebook, like, at some point? I mean, like, I have a very extensive to-do list all the time to, like, remember everything. And that's literally what it reminded me of. <laughs> it's like, like you yeah, like you be thought- reminded of literally every thought you've ever had about this. Your thought process. You would just think <laughs> that you'd be a little bit more secretive about something like that. You would think. But, alas... He was not. (laughs) And then he injured himself, apparently, at some point. Uh, They think it was either during the stabbing or struggling process, probably with his father, most likely, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but could have potentially happened in the dismembering process as well. He injured himself. He left the bloody scene, as well as the partially dissolved remains of his parents. And before he could return, (laughs) the police showed up. By Monday afternoon, Joel was under surveillance and he was actually officially arrested on Tuesday. And mind you, that's just the day after the bodies were found. And he was entering his car from his Baton Rouge apartment when they arrested him. A meat grinder was found in the trunk of his car. That's great. (laughs) Just not looking good at all. Not looking good, Joel. Uh, I'd like to say the trial was heavily in favor of the prosecution. There was definitely a lot of evidence in favor of Joel Jr. being guilty. Specifically, his handwritten journal or manifesto or whatever. (laughs) I actually have a note. The prosecution called it the book of premeditation, which is like very spot on. As mentioned, this book had literally (laughs) detailed notes on his to-do list and how to go about destroying his parents' remains completely, including some of the following notes. 
Mind you, these are bullet points. Get sledgehammer dash crush bones. Bring blender and food grinder dash grind meat. Get bleach dash denature proteins. Get plastic bin for denaturization process. Flush chunks down toilet, not garbage disposal. Does not matter where they're killed. Just get rid of bloody spots to prevent evidence of, ma- of time of death. And then in parentheses, not mattress or couch. <laughs> so literally every thought process, I think, like, or every thought that went through his head, he was writing down. <laughs> there were literally notes like, open up doggy door to provide entryway. And then that was crossed out and next to it written, he needs to be blamed, not an intruder. <laughs> He's like literally plotting ways to blame his father. Did you then, s- my favorite is the bullet point that says money dash all mine, 500K. <laughs> Love it. Did you see the one about the dog too? Yes. <laughs> it was like, was it? Kill, Kill dog. dog. And then it was like crossed off and it was like, take dog with me. <laughs> I was going to say, that was just, like, one of my random, like, fun facts, and that's in air quotes because, obviously, it's not a fun fact, but uh, there was the dog that, when police came into the room, or into the home, they kind of heard barking on and off, and they ended up finding the dog locked away in an upstairs room. So, the whole time, there was a dog in this home, too, unfortunately. But, I get then again, I guess it's better than him killing the dog as well, so... That's very true. It's just, it's hard. I don't know. And, like, I don't know if people really think about this. But, like, when animals are there, it's almost like, you know, a a victim or, like, a witness without a voice. Like, they were there. They know what happened. But, like, they literally can't say anything. Like, when babies and stuff are there. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. And have you ever seen the show Dexter? I haven't finished it, but I've seen some of it. So, you know, it doesn't turn out well for babies, even. So No, no, never. (laughs) But clearly, Joel was very detailed in his notebook. It included his supplies and what he needed to get, how to go about the steps he was planning, including flooding the house, turning up the heat to speed up decomposition, covering the house with bleach to ruin any potential proof of blood, since... In his notes, they both react the same way to luminol, which is true. Surveillance footage actually shows Joel Jr. buying supplies, even if he used cash and self-checkout most of the time. And he started buying stuff as early as November 7th, more than two weeks than when the murders would take place. So very clearly premeditation here. On November 7th, he was on surveillance buying muriatic acid i hope i said that right (laughs) and food grade hydrogen peroxide from an ace hardware store november 18th he was on camera in home depot buying a beach (laughs) it literally says a beach sprayer a bleach sprayer (laughs) extension cords and a timer the next day november 19th joel jr was seen picking up a k-bar knife at a different store 
And then November 21st, the week of the murders, he was actually caught at Walmart buying a plastic blue tub large enough to dissolve the bodies in. The footage that Lisa caught was caught buying groceries at Walmart that day was actually around 12.15, by the way. I have that in my notes here. (laughs) I find it interesting, though, like, so some of those combinations, like, you know, obviously just buying, like, a big blue tub, like, not a big deal. Like, buying, like, these, like, you know, weird acids and, like, stuff, like, in combinations like that, what, I... (laughs) I guess I don't know anything about anything, but, like, why aren't those things that, like, you can only buy so much, like, what is it, Sudafed or whatever at, like, Walgreens, like, why aren't those things that they, like, flag or, like, make you get, like, an (laughs) ID or something? I wonder if that's why he went to different stores and, like, bought different things. But they still, like, like, you can't go to, like, multiple places and get Sudafed, I don't think. Like, it, like, flags you. Yeah, like, but, I like, I think you can get, like, food-grade hydrogen peroxide from any hardware, and it doesn't, isn't a flag unless you're buying, like, food-grade hydrogen peroxide, lye, and, like, all this other stuff that might. But I feel like some of those things, like, why don't we, why aren't some of those things, like, flagged? Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even think, like, The Sudafed that they make mess with, you have to physically show your ID for, so I think that's why, because it's, like put in a database and you don't have to show your id for some of most of these things but why don't they do but like i guess i'm comparing it so like why wouldn't they make it like the pseudofed situation like where you do have to show your like i could just go to the store and buy a fucking lie why the fuck do i need lie i don't know i don't even know how to go to the store and get lie (laughs) i don't even know how to can you can you buy lie at home depot probably because, like, there's real... There's oh, look! That, like, <laughs> Jesus. It's a normal question. These, like, these are products that, like, you can obviously use for other things. Like, that's why they just exist, like, in the marketplace. But, like, so, same thing with Sudafed. Like, you can use it to make math or you can use it to do other things. Like... Oh, wait. Wait, lie? You can... <laughs> Lie is used for so many other things. So so I didn't know that. (laughs) They use it for like plumbing and candle making and beekeeping. Soap and candle making, if I said that. That's a fucking wild. It's really interesting. So maybe that's why, because there's multiple uses. But then like, okay, so what what if they made it like so like antifreeze? So, there's antifreeze now that, like, you can take, like, it's supposed to have, like, that fucking, like, actual taste or whatever. Like, you can buy, like, oh, yeah, tasteless yeah, yeah. one or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, because covered that case. Yeah. So, like, they have, you can't just buy, like, the tasteless one, like, just, like, at the store. You have to, like, actually go through, like, you know, a website or something. So, why don't they do something like that? So, then, like, the website could be looked into. I don't know. I just have a lot of questions. I think there's... A better way. We can make this like a better process, is what you're saying. Yeah, I just feel like this is something like (laughs) this is not the only person that went got all these crazy chemicals and tried to dissolve a body. And like even like it's not like Jeffrey Dahmer was the only other person to do it either. Like there's probably a bunch of other people out there that have done similar things. A thousand percent. 
And, like, I'm not saying it could completely be avoided, but, like, it might not be as common. Any officials who have a, any authority in making laws, <laughs> please look into this. <laughs> I'm going to go stand outside of Home Depot and get people to sign my petition. I would sign it. I think everyone else would be like, this bitch All is these plumbers crazy. would be like, why the fuck can't I buy a line now, bitch? <laughs> Why the fuck can I only buy one thing of Sudafed? <laughs> like, that's what it goes down hey, to. can't you buy two at a time or something? There's a limit in per month, I thought. I think it's, like, it's one or two, but, it, yeah, it's per month. I don't but, know. Anytime I get Sudafed, I get the good kind. And I always yeah. joke it's the kind you make mess with. And I mm-hmm. have to show my ID. But I only buy one box at a time. And that one box lasts me a month <laughs> anyways. Yeah, no, it, it usually lasts a while. I'm just being dramatic, okay? It's just something. <laughs> if I can do, if I can only do that, then why can't I do? I don't know. It's just interesting. No, I understand your point. And on of this tangent, <laughs> I'm really fired up about this. I'm gonna be googling all night. Okay, let me know what you find. <laughs> I'll keep you updated. So the timeline of events that came out in court were determined to be as follows. On November 26th, it was Saturday, Joel Jr. attacked his own father with a knife while his father was in the second floor exercise room. Lisa was out shopping at Walmart at the time. There was a clear struggle in the room. There were torn blinds, an overturned Bowflex machine, and there's blood all over the walls and floors in this exercise room. Lisa then arrived home, and when she entered the house through the front door, she set the groceries down in the foyer, walked upstairs probably to check on her husband, and was also attacked with a knife by her son. To add to this, like, horrific scene, nine of Lisa's ribs were actually severed. So I talked about, like, the extreme amount of stab wounds. Like, these were brutal, vicious attacks. Same thing on Joel Sr., like, (laughs) multiple ribs, lungs were punctured, spleen was punctured, multiple ribs were severed for him as well. So, brutal, horrific attacks. Joel Jr. dismembered his father's hands at the wrists and left them on the floor in the exercise room. He also removed his mother's head, took it downstairs, and put it on the pot in the pot on the stove, and began heating it up. Both Joel Sr. and Lisa had their arms and legs disarticulated or separated at the joints. Joel Sr. was done at the waist, Lisa at the knees. Their bodies, limbs, and torsos were placed in a bin with all the chemicals he collected to begin dissolving them. Each of their bodies also had large gashes across them done post-mortem so that the chemicals would ideally seep into the body more quickly, according to Joel Jr. So when I said, like, very graphic, very horrific, I was not kidding. This is, like, literally the scene that the police officer stumbled upon, and there was blood everywhere. And just for the record, the trial, (laughs) there were a lot of more details Uh, You can look up our sources. They go into more detail what came out in the trial. A lot more graphic. They literally said at certain points, like, they recommended all family in the courtroom leave 
while they went over what was hap- what had happened to the bodies. Like, it was horrific. That's how you know it's bad when they do those recommendations. I mean, obviously, it's terrible for any situation, but, like, it's not a very common thing where they're like, okay, you guys should probably head out for this section. But it is, they do it sometimes. Yeah. And well, that's like pretty fucked said, up. That's, like, literally how you know it was that bad. Because they told, like, prosecutors and the judge recommended the family leave. Yeah. So and they, by all like, accounts, Joel Jr. in the trial sat there, like, emotionless the whole time. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, during the attack on his father... Joel Jr. got several cuts to his hand, including a deep cut to his left thumb. He had left to dress his wounds. That's around 3, 3.30 that afternoon. The Walmart security footage caught him buying the Band-Aids, ointment, hydrogen peroxide, all of that. However, this would not entirely cut it. Get it? Cut it? No. Stop. <laughs> I literally put it in my notes. I was like, it's a pun. I gotta make light of something. It's punny. <laughs> okay, I hate myself now that I said it out loud. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, this did not just kind of, like, magically heal his deep gash. So, on Sunday, the 27th, Joel Jr. drove back to Baton Rouge where he was living, to go to the student clinic and have his wounds officially treated on campus. Police would arrive at the home the next day before he could return back to his parents to finish the job. So Joel Jr. did not plead, or, sorry, Joel Jr. did plead not guilty, but he also filed a motion basically requesting the death penalty if he was found guilty. And his defense team did not present any evidence on his behalf, which is fucking wild. So, I don't know why he didn't just plead guilty, but whatever. Yeah, that would have just been easier. Way easier. The trial only took four days, but they did have 27 witnesses and over 700 pieces of evidence, which is a fucking lot. (laughs) So the trial took place in October, or end of September, beginning of October. In October 2020, Joel Guy Jr. was officially found guilty. He received a life in prison sentence. Not only was he convicted of two charges of premeditated murder, he was also charged and found guilty of three counts of felony murder and two counts of abuse of a corpse. There were also victim impact statements given by his uncle, so Lisa's brother, Alvin, and all three of Joel's sisters, Angela, Tina, and Michelle. I, like, read summaries or some of the statements, and it's, like, really heartbreaking. Uh, One of Joel's sisters basically said, like, this is fucked up that I have to, like, shield my grand my kids from knowing that like their grandma's head was in a pot on a stove like that's fucked up and like they were very clearly angry (laughs) uh so yeah it's pretty horrific they have every right to be angry it's extremely fucked up extremely and it's it's just like it's wild because I know, like, we don't usually cover cases that are so, like, 
cut and dry or open and shut. But, like, it was so horrific that I was, like, taken aback. <laughs> like I said, I heard, I remember some of the details from listening to Morbid, but I don't know. I just, I guess looking into it yourself, like, reading the details and how graphic yeah. it truly was and how horrific it truly was is, like, a whole nother level. Different stuff sticks out to you. Also, I feel like you always, for, like, I, myself, and too, but, like, you forget things. It's like, yeah. then you read about it, you're like, holy shit, this happened? Well, and I'm, <laughs> I guess even some of our older cases, I might not remember, like, every little detail about, because I have a horrible memory. But <laughs> I also think, like, doing the research yourself is different than listening to a podcast that you could forget about something easily. And so. Yeah. Like, reading it myself, I was just like, oh, my God. It was awful. Yeah, it's crazy. Super crazy. So, yeah, that's my horrific Thanksgiving story to tell you. Uh, I did pick two Thanksgiving stories or themes for November. <laughs> but don't worry, the second one's really lighthearted. <laughs> I don't know if I believe you. Because this was really fucked up, and I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I... Um don't know actually now that I think about it I think I know what it is you do because I text you (laughs) okay okay it is it is she's not lying I did I take back what I said she's being accurate she it is lighthearted so I hit you really hard at the beginning of the month I'm very sorry uh Joel Guy Jr. is sitting in prison uh like something like a hundred and something years is what he received the statement released by the judge was basically like 300 plus years in prison would not be enough for you. And I, no. I would have to agree. <laughs> no. Because not only did you do this to like other human beings, you did this to your own parents. Yeah. Yeah. Like. That's just wild to me, but whatever. People are fucked up. Yeah. So happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> happy month of November. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I don't I have no words after I don't, that. Happy I, I don't know how to end that. <laughs> like, okay, there's my story. Great. Uh let's move on to something more lighthearted. <laughs> like a our joke palate, fact. Yeah, our palate cleansers of jokes and facts, because I don't know how else to end. This is a really graphic, horrific story. And I feel like, you know, like when you say someone says, like, you need a shower. I feel like my brain needs a shower. Yeah. 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 I agree with all of that. Okay. So hit me with the fact. We'll do that. <laughs> Tortillas have surpassed bagels and muffins and have now become the number two packaged bread product sold in the U.S., uh, behind sliced bread. I was gonna guess sliced bread was number one. <laughs> yes. Wild. And I did find that wild too because I guess I didn't really consider a tortilla like a bread product, but like it definitely is. Like, I guess, yeah. It is, but like it's not. It is. It is, but. I'm also surprised that like tortillas over bagels, but. That's okay. what I was thinking. Um. But I don't know. I just I just tell the facts. That's all I know. 
<laughs> I don't know. I eat a lot of bagels, so. <laughs> See, I don't. I eat a lot of, like, English muffins. Well, I will add to this. <laughs> this is, this sounds like a stereotype. And in in light of, <laughs> I got to make a joke about this because it's so awkward. Okay. I feel so uncomfortable. In light of all the anti-Semitism that has clearly been coming out <laughs> in uh, <laughs> pop culture nowadays. <laughs> I don't know if you've, like, watched, like, live football, but there's, like, literally anti-Semitism. Or, like, commercials about fighting anti-Semitism. Okay. Um, but, yeah, you know, Kanye and yeah, <laughs> all that. Okay, but anyways, this is where I'm going with this, is that there is a stereotype that <laughs> Jewish people eat a lot of bagels. Oh, so that's um, why you eat a lot of bagels. <laughs> I will say, I have never eaten so many Newark bagels. I also didn't realize that there is a difference. There is. I also can taste the difference now between, like, a New York bagel and just, like, regular bagels. <laughs> really? Yeah, but they eat a lot of bagels. That's so weird. I would never be able to taste the difference between those. Well, like, I think it's because I eat, I eat them so much that, like, and I'm, I love everything bagels, for yeah. example. So an everything bagel from Panera and an everything bagel from, like, New York bagel tastes yeah. so different. But also, <laughs> I don't do it right. Like, everything bagel you're supposed to eat, like, as is, I guess. I don't know. I'm, like, a slice. I toast it. You're not supposed to toast bagels, apparently. Cream cheese. Yeah. They're very picky. Hmm. Not not his family, but. <laughs> very interesting. But, yeah, I've, ha- I've never had so many bagels. And I already liked bagels. I used to work at Panera Bread. I'm a carb person, (laughs) but now I think we consume more bagels even more. So bagel 24 seven, but yeah, I think I, I personally probably buy sliced bread, then bagels, then tortillas, but I was trying to think, but okay. (laughs) I'm trying to think about that. (laughs) Probably get muffins before all of those items. (laughs) I love muffins. I love some muffins. Wow, now I really am going to go eat a dessert after we get off this. <laughs> Highly <Cool>. recommend. <laughs> okay, right. hit me with your joke. Why can't breakfast burritos pull an all-nighter? Why? Because they get eggs Austin. Oh, my God. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) Oh, I had a feeling it had to do with eggs. (laughs) You know. This is a breakfast burrito. (laughs) It had to be oddly specific. (laughs) Well, I'll take it. (laughs) In the meantime, folks, you can find us on Facebook, Tacos and Tequila Podcast. On Instagram, it's just Tacos and Tequila. We have a website, tacosandtequilapodcast.com. It has links to all our episodes on Spotify as well as all our sources. Again, if you want to look into more graphic details, don't know why you would want to, but you can always go to our website, look up this episode, and you can find links to our sources that will 
give you more details about what was said in court. <laughs> You're welcome, I guess. You're welcome. <laughs> And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you leave a rating or and or review. It helps us get noticed and it helps us to see what you guys like and what you want more of. Agreed. And emphasize on the being noticed and helps other people find our podcast or be suggested to our podcast and helps more lovely people hear our voices, uh, which also gives me anxiety, I guess. Cringe. I don't know. <laughs> Cringe. Uh, and I think that's it. Do we have anything else to add? No, I think that's everything. Okay. Well, until next time, folks, hopefully <laughs> since next episode isn't as messed up, hopefully you don't have nightmares, and <laughs> we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!